Welcome to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson, and I'm joined by the show's co-host and producer, Joe Armstrong. I think we all know why we're here. It's time for Congress to count the results of the Electoral College. Happy New Year, everybody. Now this 2020 election, like the year 2020, is this year endless? Is it going to be chasing us around the sun for forevermore? Now most of us have made it out of 2020, but the election is like the Terminator. It will not stop. It's just not going to let us go. But let me see if I've got this right, Jessica. First, we voted during a pandemic. That was stressful enough, so let's leave that there. Then the state certified their results. And astute listeners may remember that we did a whole episode about that big holiday in December, the wonderfully named Safe Harbor Deadline, which for this election cycle was December 8th, seems like a thousand years ago. Then the Electoral College voted on December 14th, allowing us to exhale just a little bit. But we're not over yet. Those of us with Supreme Court justice trading cards pay attention to all these details, but these things are usually just procedural. But for the love of God and all that is decent, Jessica, why are we still talking about this election? What could possibly be left? Well, yes, Joe, that's right. What's left is procedural. And as we talked about in our Safe Harbor Day episode, these are not normally things that appear on your calendar. I have to admit, even as someone who teaches election law, I didn't used to have, oh, and here's the day that Congress is going to count electoral votes on my calendar. Maybe it was something I would in passing mention. But This year, of course, is different. And these procedural deadlines are a big deal, even though, and let's say this again, we know who won the 2020 election and we know who is going to be inaugurated on January 20th. That is President-elect Joe Biden. The only reason we're talking about these deadlines is that President Trump and his allies have just refused to accept reality. He lost the election. It was a free and fair election. There was no voter fraud. Judges from across the country have recognized all of this. There are no more legal paths to overturning this election. And so this is really, really, we promise, the very last procedural hurdle before the inauguration. But it's been in the news, so we're going to unpack it and explain why. I'm looking forward to seeing some hands-on Bibles, Jessica, let me tell you. Now, I'm going to choose to trust you on all those things, Jessica, because you've never let me down before. But now we have now endured every electoral step thus far, but the show's not over, folks. And now tell me, Jessica, what is happening on Wednesday, January 6th? In one sentence, Congress is going to count the Electoral College results, and the vice president is there to preside over the process. Now, because I'm a professor and because I have a podcast, of course, I can't do anything in one sentence, so let's add a few more sentences. We're talking here about the 12th Amendment to the Constitution that says that the list of Electoral College votes are directed to the president of the Senate, which means the vice president. The vice president is the president of the Senate. And the vice president, here's the language, shall in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. That's not a lot to do here. You're opening up an envelope and the votes shall be counted. Notice that passive voice. The vice president isn't sitting there with a pencil and a calculator. So we're talking about the 12th Amendment. We're also talking about a federal law called the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And that law clarifies the role of the vice president and Congress 
and the states when it comes to certifying and counting electoral college votes. Now, why do we have this law at all? In part because we had a crazy presidential election in 1876. We did have competing slates of electors that were sent to Congress. We did have questions about what to do, what not to do. So this federal law was in place to help clarify everybody's role. Now, have we ever used it? Really kind of only once in 1960. And the interesting thing about that is that the vice president at that time, Richard Nixon, lost the election. And so he was the one presiding over the joint congressional session. And what happened is Hawaii sent two slates of electors. And Vice President Nixon at the time said, okay, we all know what's going to happen. I'm going to be a gracious loser. He didn't use those words, but he accepted the slate for John F. Kennedy Jr. And of course, the rest is history. So what's going to happen in this case? Back to 2021. The president of the Senate, again, meaning the vice president, is going to preside over the counting of electoral college votes. He really has very little power, very little to do here. We call it a ceremonial or ministerial role. If there's any discretion, it's really up to Congress. So the vice president's going to open the certificates. He presents them to the tellers. The tellers read them aloud. The vice president asks, are there any objections? If there's no objections, we all go home. But we know that there will be objections this time around. In that case, a member of the House and a member of the Senate can object, and then members of both chambers go back and they have two hours to debate and decide what to do with those objections. Then they come back. Again, they vote on the objections and the vice president announces the results of the objections and then ultimately of the electoral college vote. All right, Jessica. So Mike Pence in this case is merely a very pious letter opener. So Jessica, given the norm-breaking of the last several years, should people be worried that Mike Pence, being Donald Trump's vice president, we hear a lot of talk about how Pence can gum up the works on Wednesday, but does he really do anything at all here? No. I mean, yes, he has to physically, he has to open an envelope and he has to say, tellers, please start counting. And then he has to say, any objections? But for anybody who's gotten married, the person who officiates a wedding ceremony, frankly, has a larger ceremonial role to play, I would argue, than Vice President Pence. So again, what's he going to do? He's going to open up those ballots. What if he tried to present a different slate of electoral votes and deny others? He really can't. It's still Congress's call here to make the final decision. And let's just step back for a moment and imagine if the Constitution did allow the vice president of the United States to say, I know that all the people voted. I know then that the states certified their results that the Electoral College voted, but I, in my infinite wisdom, should come to a different outcome. The Founding Fathers, if they were really worried about anything, they were worried about the idea that we would have another monarch. They were worried about a king. They were worried about too much power in the hands of one person. The Founding Fathers would never write a constitutional provision that would allow all of these steps, all of these people to weigh in and then say, Eh, unless the sitting vice president doesn't like it. He's our guy. He's the one guy who should be able to say, 
I'm just not sure. So this is all truly political theater, but it does give me an amazing opportunity to be able to talk about things I don't usually get to talk about, which is the 12th Amendment and, of course, um, the federal law from 1887. So that's basically where we are. Now, that all sounds very, very nice, Jessica, but dumping this in the lap of Congress doesn't make me feel terribly uh, better about the situation. There have to be loopholes. There are always loopholes. Are any of these laws that govern the process legitimately in question here, Jessica? I happen to know that Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert recently filed a lawsuit against Vice President Mike Pence. Is there anything to that lawsuit whatsoever? No. These laws are complicated, and in some places they're open to interpretation, but they're not in question. So there was recently a dismissed suit filed by the Texas congressman. The suit argues that the Electoral Count Act of 1887 is unconstitutional. And under the 12th Amendment, it's the vice president who has the power to pick the next president. Again, there's no way the people who drafted the Constitution, the people who drafted the amendments would ever have gone for that. The Department of Justice, on behalf of the vice president, responded to the case saying this is a walking legal contradiction. And in fact, an appointee of President Trump, that was the federal judge who was presiding over this case, said, no, we're dismissing this on standing grounds. So the Trump appointed judge ruled the same way as the other judges have ruled in post-election litigation against President Trump and his allies. All right. That makes these latest election challenges sound like not much more than Republican sturm und drang, which is a phrase that I love to use and I never get to use. And it seems like this should be a rubber stamp for our elected officials. With the Gomert suit dismissed, Jessica, why is there so much news surrounding this story today? Well, it's either because President Trump doesn't understand how the Constitution and federal law works or because he knows and is willfully ignoring it. And he's continuing to tell his supporters that the election results could be overturned on January 6th, which, again, let's be clear, they will not be. There will be drama, but the election results will not be overturned. All right, Jessica. So the process is pretty clear, but nothing has been easy about this election with all the challenges levied against an election that was by all accounts smooth and by the book, even during a pandemic. What specifically do we need to expect to happen on Wednesday, January 6th of this brand new year? Controversy seems to be the cornerstone of this administration. What kinds of drama and spectacle should we be prepared for this week? So based on news reports, what we expect to happen is that when Vice President Pence says, are there any objections that a bunch of people say, yes, there are. Again, I keep thinking of the wedding ceremony analogy where, you know, and if anybody would like to say something, please speak or hold, you know, forever hold your peace. If there are any ex-boyfriends in the room, now is your chance. By the way, I've never met someone for whom that has actually happened. Have you? Only in the movies, Jessica, only in the movies. So back to another type of theater, which is what's going to happen on January 6th in the joint session. So Vice President Pence will say any objections and at least a few members of the House of Representatives will say yes. And the news is that they will be joined by at least Senator Josh Hawley. He will object to the count for Biden. I think the best guess we have right now is that he will at least claim that there is fraud in Pennsylvania. Let's remember, 59 courts have rejected these claims of fraud. Trump has won one fairly insignificant post-election case. That is it. Again, the FBI has rejected these claims. 
The Department of Justice has rejected these claims. There was a free and fair election. But what will happen is that each chamber will go basically back to their corners. They'll have about two hours of debate. And then they will come back and say, here's how we voted on the objections. I fully expect that in both the House and the Senate, they will not vote to sustain the elections. And that will be it. But this process could drag on for a while. And let's remember, as much as it's political theater, what people are trying to do here is undermine an election. And that's deadly serious. And so I know we're doing this in kind of a lighthearted way, but that is the cornerstone of our country. And we came perilously close to allowing this to happen. The fact that we're even having this discussion is harmful in and of itself. For people to say, oh, you know, just let President Trump have a tantrum. What's the harm? The harm is our democratic institutions. The harm is our faith in government. The harm is that this experiment we have in self-government could crumble. None of this is assured, and I certainly hope this is an aberration and not a pattern. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jessica. And despite all of that, there is now one more roadblock as of this morning. The latest news is that junior Texas Senator Ted Cruz is leading the charge to try and get Congress to conduct some kind of 10-day audit of widespread allegations of voter fraud before the votes are counted in Congress this week. And since like attracts like, there are 10 other senators joining him. Is Cruz and company just trying to change the rules because they don't like the outcome, Jessica? I don't even think they're really trying to change the rules. I think they're just trying to have a performative moment. And this is going nowhere, really nowhere. Under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, any objections get two hours of debate time, not 10 days. I really believe that Congress would have to pass another statute to even allow them to have this 10-day audit of claims of fraud that, again, have been rejected almost unanimously by courts, by the FBI, by the Department of Justice. This is Trump supporting country degrading theater. It's nothing more and it's nothing less. Now, Jessica, watching all this bad noise take place, is this just all some big show to curry favor from a lame duck president? I mean, if I was a Republican, I'd be pretty concerned about the future of my party. So I guess we can't go to the theater due to COVID-19, but we can watch the drama play out in Washington this week. Make some popcorn, my friends, because we're not quite to the denouement yet. Now, Jessica, I don't know what I would do without you. You clear these things up. You make me feel uh, like things might just be okay. Thank you very much for breaking this down for us and talking me off the ledge once again. Jessica, please tell me that this will all be over someday. This will be over. The podcast will continue because there's a ton to talk about, but this will be over. We're going to do a special inauguration episode, and we have a great episode coming up about the Georgia runoff elections. At least one, maybe two, where there's one surprise guest that we might be able to book. And obviously that has big implications for what's going to happen in the next four years. In the meantime, thank you for listening. You can find Passing Judgment on Twitter at Pod. Joe on Twitter at In-Depth Day. I really want to remind people, Joe also is a talented musician. He has an album coming out. He does the music for our show. He is a renaissance man. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica. Tweet me anytime with questions and comments about the show. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate, and review. We so appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody.